all right welcome to another episode of raw emotion i'm your host derek chappelle and today i'm excited about today's show and the reason why i'm excited about today's show is because i got a good friend um on here joining us today now go ahead and introduce him today we're going to be talking about a lot of different things and of course as always i keep the the uh, subject pretty consistent all things about emotion energy manifesting outcomes that impact our nature um, but today i am proud to introduce to you mr larry knopp hello mr larry thank you man thank you for uh, inviting me this is uh this is cool as heck man i don't even uh you know you don't have to say heck this is a we're, we have an adult audience here. You oh, can we say do. Hello. We do. Okay. I was wondering about that. I was talking to one that of That didn't even sound normal coming out your I mouth, know, bro. Right? You, you know me a little better than that. So, um, no. But I just want to just. Go ahead. I just want to just tell the people a little bit about um, kind of who you are okay. and, and how we got to know each other and, and how that came about. If you don't, I mean, if you know us, you already know. But if you don't know us, then you don't know. We Pisces so, brothers, man, just living on different areas right now, in different areas right now. That's right. So you're up in Colorado Springs. Yeah. Um, you're actually a top producing realtor out there for currently for Home Smart Realty. And uh, I just want to just give you a couple shout outs because I've, I've known you for some time now. What's it been like 10, 12 years, something like that? God, when was it? Uh, 2010. 2010. 2010 yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Back so in, uh, the college, we won't mention the name. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think we can. I mean, they're not even in existence anymore. I don't think so. I don't, I don't think anyone would, co- would come after us. Yeah. But yeah, we did start off at a college. I mean, I guess, environment. I guess if they did, I mean, don't threaten us with a good time. Right. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, man. But, uh, you know, you, you've always been somebody that, you know, you've always, and, and whatever it is that I've known you to do, you do it at a very high level. And, uh, and, and you always have been a top producer, but more importantly than just being a top producer, like you do it with class, bro. I appreciate that. Like I've been in sales pretty much my entire life. You know, you work around a lot of, I've been a top producer. I've worked around top producers and there's just different, there's different ways you can be a top producer. Right. And, and some people, um, get up to the top, climb up to the top by what I would consider not so, uh, great ways, ethical, whatever. Um, but you, my man, you are always right on point. Your word is your bond. And, and that's what I've always appreciated about you both professionally and, um, personally. Yeah, no, man, I, I appreciate the hell out of that. I mean, we, uh, we go way back. I mean, you, you and I would say have very similar styles. I, I think, you know, when it comes to sales and, and real estate in general, you know, like I've never known you to be a pushy person. And that's, that's kind of how I mold my entire sales career. I don't want to be pushy, but also in real estate, it's funny because if you're a guy and you're pushy, it's kind of creepy. Like you can be a girl and pushy and it's eh, not so creepy, you know? So you got to know, you got to know your limitations, you know? And, uh, 
but it it's fun and i think that staying humble even even in your good years and your bad years is is a helpful thing you know um because back in the day when we used to you know work together together um, I mean, I listened to some of your calls. I, I heard you talking to the people that you were talking to and it was there was never any pressure. And I think, you know, the when you're talking about how there's different levels of becoming a top producer, um, you do have those people that are just hustlers, go getters that they don't care who they step on or who they step over. They're going to get to where they want to get no matter who they hurt. You know, and I just I won't I refuse to operate that way. Um, and my philosophy now, uh, since I run a team and stuff like that, my oldest daughter um, is an agent of mine on my team. Um, I don't want to be at the top of the pyramid alone. You know, I want the rest of my team up there and with me, you know. I mean, they say it's lonely at the top and shit is lonely at the bottom too, you know? So let's all get up there together. And, and I'm kind of glad you brought that up. I mean, when you talk about, um, lonely, lonely as an, as an emotion, that's one of the things that I, we talk about on the show is the emotional aspect of everything that we do in life. And, um, when you said, when you were had agreed to come on the show. Mm-hmm. I was excited, but I was like, man, what am I going to talk about? Cause you know, we both do real estate and I haven't really talked about a whole lot of real estate. In fact, I don't know if I've even mentioned that I'm a realtor on this show at all once, but I guess I should plug myself. Yeah. I am a realtor here in central Florida, Tampa, Florida. Absolutely. So, Hey, if you ever look in a, purchase a home or sell a home, you can definitely contact myself. Uh, but, uh, if you're in Colorado Springs, you want to contact my man, Larry Knopp here at home, smart realty. This guy was also featured in Colorado Springs, real producers, September, 2020. So last year, and he's a, a diamond award winner. Now I know Larry, you don't like to typically you know, toot your own horn. So I wanted to toot it for you because, you know, we talk about top producers and all that stuff and and people doing whatever it takes to become a top producer. And, um, you know, and, and like I said, I've always admired how you go about doing your business. Now, in order to be a top producer, it, it, it means a couple of things. It means you're doing, you're doing something right. And people trust you. Right. Yeah. So this whole real estate process, looking at it from uh, a client side, a consumer side, whether you're buying or selling a house, like I said earlier, when I, when, when I found out you were going to be coming on the show, I was excited, but I wasn't really sure what we could talk about. Yeah. Um, but real estate is just as emotional as any else, any other thing we do in life. If you're involved in a real estate transaction, whether you're the client or you're the, you know, the real, the realtor or anyone involved in this process, it is an emotional process for all parties involved, but usually more so for the client. 
Absolutely. And I've told my clients, uh, and not every single one of them, but many of them, if not the majority of them, that I kind of live and die with them. You know, I'm on that emotional roller coaster with them, you know, um, because I can see it in action. I could see their nervousness. I could see their frustrations. You could see we get to see as real estate agents more of people's lives than I think some people really know. Um, we end up being counselors damn near for them. You know, uh, how many people have you had to talk off of a ledge? You know, like this is a great decision for you, you know, to, to, to purchase a home, especially in this market right now. Yes, it's tough, but it's good God. If you look at the rental rates, it's impossible. You know, I don't think I've gotten somebody successfully into a rental without the help of somebody else in probably a couple of years, you know, um, that's a terrible market to want to even be a part of. Um, but when it comes to, well, you know, I want to go back to what you with, said. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, want, I want to go back to what you said about, um, you know, that emotional aspect of it and yeah. the roller coaster of emotions yeah. that happen, um, throughout the process. And, and, and it is a roller coaster, right? Cause whether you're talking, and especially in this market in particular, if you're listening to this now, you know, here in 2021 and you're in a, a major city or around a major metropolitan area, such as Colorado Springs, Denver, Tampa, Miami, whatever. Um, and, and you're in the market, you're experiencing this most likely, right? Yeah. The market is, is tight. There's simply just not enough inventory. Prices are going up. People are overpaying for properties. Um, there's just a lot of stuff going on right now. And a lot of this stuff is things that most people have never even seen in their real estate careers. I, I haven't been a real estate agent for eons. <clears throat> You've been in it for what, seven years? Yeah, seven years. Um, I'm like talking to, call to it realtors. Eighth that, season. <laughs> yeah, eighth season. <laughs> But I'm talking to realtors that have been in the business for 20 years and haven't seen anything like what the market's doing right now. So yeah, I say all that to say that when you're dealing with these clients and those roller coaster of emotions are going up and down, you have to be some, some point of, uh, even kill for them. Correct. While they're experiencing those highs Absolutely. and lows. Absolutely. You know, I, I've had clients in tears that they didn't get the house that they wanted. You know, um, I don't know if you've experienced mm -hmm. that yet, but, you know, you talk about raw emotion, the name of your show, bro. That's as raw as you can get when somebody is just bawling in front of you because they they did everything right. They did everything that they could do. And they're beat out by some cash mm -hmm. buyer. With more money than them. You know, I mean, we have qualified veterans that's in tears because they didn't get what they wanted and they put their best foot forward. They did everything that they could and they lost out to somebody with deeper pockets or a bigger wallet, more money. You know, um, I mean, these people. Well, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. So you, you think about the responsibility you have as a realtor um, to you know, in that role you have when, 
when that person is going through that raw emotion, you know, you think about the responsibility you have to at least at the very least sympathize with your client and, you know, and, 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 and talk them through, um, the process because it is, it is going to be sometimes like you just said, you're just going to get beat out and there's nothing you can do about it. Nothing you can do. about it. Nothing you can do about it. And, um, one of the things that I see a lot of, aside from the buyers uh, having issues right now, is agents complaining. Agents are complaining. Agents are complaining about how many offers they have to write, how many houses they have to show. When I got into this business, and for anybody that hears this that's been in this business longer than me, in 2014, after I got laid off from the college, I got into the business and, you know, I'm showing 20, 30, 40 houses when they had their pick of the litter, anything that they wanted, they, they could get before we'd even write an offer. So it's, it's kind of a little bit of a role reversal in a way. So instead of mm-hmm. showing 40 houses, agents are writing 20 offers, you know, um, but they weren't there. During that Which, time, so they have no way. If to, you ask me, yeah, I, I I would much rather write twenty offers than go show twenty homes, bro. <laughs> Any day, I can absolutely. do that from the comfort of my living room versus um, <laughs> driving, putting ten thousand miles on my vehicle. Bro, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I average about thirty thousand miles a year on my car. Thirty thousand miles a year, and I know that there's agents out there that do more than that. You know, um, yeah, I would much rather write offers. I'm good at it. I can have it done in like seven minutes. Hell, write 20 offers or put 20,000 miles on the car. Dude, that's a no brainer <laughs> in my mind. Easy, 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 easy. Yeah. For sure. So <clears throat> talk about the, um, you know, this is when you're buying a house. Obviously, this is one of one of the top ten most stressful things to do. Easily, um, it's right up there with death and divorce. Yeah. Um, and yet, we it's something that we have to do, right? So, how what what advice would you give to someone that's going through the pro the process? Say a, a new home buyer, like. What advice do you give them for what to prepare for emotionally and especially in in, in today's market? Sure. Um, They have to be patient. You have to be patient because you're going to, you're going to be frustrated. You're going to lose. There's still buyers out there that are new that liken the buying of a house process to when you go and buy a car. Now, when you go buy a car, what you trying to do? You see it on the internet, this $25,000 car, whatever, you know, you get it in your mind. Like, yeah, I want that car, but I ain't paying no $25,000 for it, you know? So they want to go on the lot and negotiate, right? Well, there's no negotiation here. You either want this house or you don't. And that sticker price is not what you're going to pay. 
99% of the time right now. You're going to pay. I mean, I, as, as an example, and when, when I, when I share this podcast with this person, um, she'll get it. Um, we had an offer on her property, 55,000 over the list price with an unlimited, unlimited appraisal gap clause. That is wow. insane. Insane. And you, you, that you, is, you that's tell basically me, like opening up your checkbook and saying, how much do you want? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you know, and we are starting to see a little bit more of that. And that's scary hmm. because not everybody has unlimited funds to do that with. So, you know, my advice to buyers, honestly, you have to be patient and you have to understand that you're going to lose. You're going to lose. You have to be okay with losing, but that doesn't mean that the house that is right for you is not going to show up. You just have to be patient. Um, so I want to take a um, just quick, like just real quick, yeah, kind of um, look at the process here. Yeah. So for buyers right now in, in this type of situation, if you're one of those buyers, you know, you have a <clears throat> like an FHA type loan or you have a VA loan and you know, basically why I bring these two types of loans up because they're typically uh, limited by uh, the type of um, offer you can put in based off appraisal contingencies. Sure. Um, now, these can be waived, of course, if you have the cash to be able to go above and beyond, um, but that's a whole nother story. Right. But um, what I want to bring this up to say is... Um, how do they get a house that they want? I, I want to talk about the, the process in terms of, so you, you've got your mortgage loan, right? You, you got your pre-approval. Right. It's good for typically 90 days, right? Yeah. 60, 90 days, whatever it is. 60 to 90 days. Yeah. Um, now, depending on your situation, whether if you're, if you're renting, okay, and you're at the end of your lease, in this market right now, it's possible you may have to go into an open type of lease where you're going to be paying month to month. So you're asking yourself, well, is it worth it to pay the couple of extra dollars that they're going to charge me in order to go month to month? Well, yes. If you are serious about buying a house, then yes, it yes, is. Absolutely. Okay. If you're going to give up, then, you know, you might as well just go ahead and sign your lease, lock yourself in for 12 months and yeah. going about your business. Absolutely. But if you're serious about buying a house, in this market right now, you can't give up, okay? So you have to find ways to be able to continue to stay in the fight, to stay in the game, okay? And one of those is, you know, possibly talking to your landlord, your, you know, apartment, leasing office, seeing what you can work out, whether you can do like a three-month lease or, you know, something short. Yeah. You're also going to want to keep in contact with your mortgage person to make sure that you know, you're doing everything you need to do to stay on track in case your pre-approval expires, you're going to have to go and get that done again. Right. So these are things that a lot of people don't think about in this process, but I wanted to bring that up <clears throat> because it's a part of it. And when it happens to you unknowingly, that's another emotional hit. It's like, oh damn, like I've been looking for a house for three months, been getting outbidded, haven't found one yet. 
Now they're telling me my pre-approvals expired. Yeah. Now I got to go and do this again. Yeah. And you know, if you have a good lender, normally they'll coach them on what to do to not destroy that pre-approval, you know? So if they have to repull credit in 60, 90 days or whatever, um, it, it shouldn't change too rapidly unless there's changes in uh, the mortgage industry as far as qualifications are concerned, you know? Um, and that does happen from time to time. Um, I, I don't know what everything looks like today. I know for, for a little while there, I want to say when COVID first hit that uh, I think they changed the credit score requirement on some programs from a 620 minimum or uh, uh, middle score to a 640. Well, that just, I mean, that just trashes some buyers, you know. Um, but I, I don't want to speak too much on the lending side because it's been so long since I did that. Um, you know, I, I don't want my lender partners to hear this and be like, dude, what the, what the hell are you doing talking about that? That's stay out, stay, stay in your lane, Larry, <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> but like, eh, wrong. It, exactly. So I, I don't want to sound foolish, but yeah, I, I know enough to be dangerous and I know enough when to shut my mouth, you know, when it, well, I, I've definitely, um, you know, one of the things that I'm hearing from buyers right now is just, just frustration just simple frustration and the bidding for a home can be exhausting. Yeah. The, you know, taking you to your very limit of your budget of your financial budget, simply to get in a home that you want to get into and losing out possibly multiple times, having to start the process of searching over and over again, and it's, it's a, it's a nonstop process. You're looking, you know, through homes day after day after day, you're putting in offer after offer after offer, and you're hearing the same type of response. Um, bring your highest and best yeah. multiple <laughs> offers are on the table. <laughs> yeah. You, you know, my favorite responses and not really is when I call a listing agent and I say, Hey, we're, we're thinking about putting an offer in, you know, what do you have on the table? You know, um, just small talk. Let's, let's have an open dialogue. Um, and, and you'll get some of these agents that are like, we have a very strong offer. It's like, what does that mean? You know, what is a right. strong right. offer? Do you have at, yeah. asking? Do you have under asking? Do you have over asking? Like, give me a little something to help benefit your seller. Now, there are agents out there that would argue with me day and night as to why that's a bad idea, but I don't operate that way. I'm extremely transparent. My sellers allow me to be transparent, and I, I think that my method works. And, um, you know, I, I've gotten my sellers top dollar on every listing. Now, I'm not going to toot a horn for myself for getting top dollar in a freaking seller's market where there's no inventory. Okay. Everybody's getting top dollar. Everybody, you know, um, unless your house smells like, you know, seven cats died in it. And, you know, there's, uh, you know what I mean? Like you can walk into some houses. It's like, dude, are you sure this isn't a crime scene? Should we be walking in here right now? You know? Um, and those are selling for top dollar, you know? Um, yeah, and, yeah. and you've seen the memes, bro. Like you'll so see a box. Sorry. 
No, so I just want to know, um, you know, the market's always going to be changing. You know, right yeah. now it's a seller's market. Yeah. Eventually it'll be a buyer's market. You know, it's, it's, it's always, it's always changing. Um, but I want to talk about in terms of like performance, in terms of like what gets you out of bed in the morning, um, you know, to do this from an emotional standpoint, like what drives you to, cause this is not, this is not an easy job. No, it isn't uh, being, being a realtor. It's, um, there, there's, there's a lot of emotional ups and downs just for the agent themselves yeah. and, you know, how they're going to feed their family and pay their bills. And I mean, there's oh. a lot of things that there's right. no vacation, <laughs> vacation <laughs> yeah. time or, uh, uh, anything like that. Yeah. Um, so what, what drives you and, um, and, and keeps you, um, so wanting there, to, to do this. There's, there's a couple things. Um, uh, first and foremost, my wife, you know, I, I remember when I first got into this business, how terrified both her and I were, and she may have been a little bit more terrified than me. Maybe not. Maybe the, you know, maybe the, the terrifying level was up or down, you know, depending on the day between the two of us. But I just, I didn't want to fail. Yeah, I didn't want to fail. And I knew that if I worked as hard as I did at the college day in and day out, making all those damn phone calls, if I did that for myself, I knew that I would at least have a, um, I would at least have a really, really, really good chance at achieving some success. But at that time, I didn't know what that looked like. In the very beginning, you know, when people, other agents would talk about making 150, 200,000, 300,000, 400, half million dollars a year, I couldn't see it. I couldn't visualize it. And part of that was I had never seen that kind of money before. You know, I was at the college working overtime, every opportunity that they had. And I was bringing home like 50, 52,000 a year, you know, working, giving up my Saturdays, you know, I, I do remember you. <laughs> I do remember you taking advantage of that overtime. Bro, volunteering I'm like, Yo, I'm out, time. bro. I don't know what you're doing. Bro, all the time volunteering <laughs> like a madman, you know? And, uh, but I, I really thought that if I brought that work ethic into real estate, that I could at least achieve some success. Now, I didn't know what that would look like. So what did you do to push through that doubt? Like, you knew that you had to succeed. You, yeah. you didn't know how you were going to succeed. You just knew that you had to do it. Yeah. And that, for you, along with providing for your wife and your children, yeah. was enough to push you through that fear and do it anyway. Yeah. Because the fact of the matter is you're not going to know what the outcome is going to be. Yeah. You don't until you actually do it. But it, the difference it, between doing it and not doing it is the difference between succeeding and not succeeding. You, you don't even give yourself a chance. <laughs> I just, dude, I knew, I knew I could not fail my family. I knew that I could not fail. I didn't, you know, my wife and I had talked about, you know, and shout out to her. Mother's Day is coming up. And, uh, you know, I love you, Melissa. And I love Asher, Annalise, Alexis, Anthony, you know, the greatest kids in the world. Obviously, I'm biased because they're mine. Um, <laughs> but I do it for them. I worked my ass off 
for them. I made sure that it worked for them, you know, because I didn't, I wanted them to have a better start at life than I did. And I know my dad worked his ass off to make sure that I had a good start in life. Um, so I'm not, I'm not drawing a parallel in, in me. I just knew that I can't freaking give up all those times where I wanted to just drop the drop, kick the laptop, throw shit down and say, I'm done with this. Um, that was never the answer. Failure was never an option. If, if you could name the emotion that you had when you were, when you made the decision, right. To step into real estate. Terrifying. And that's what I was looking for. That's what I was looking for. Yeah. That's what I was looking for. Terrified is a strong emotion. Damn right. Terrified. Um, anxiety ridden like crazy. Um, I couldn't get enough of my anti-anxiety pills. Couldn't get enough alcohol. Um, and I mean, I, I'm sober four years now, so uh, it's, you know, I don't need That's that. That's awesome, anymore. man. Congratulations Thank on you. that. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. Uh, I, and um, I listened to your segment, you know, talking about addictions and stuff like that. And I mean, it's very real. Um, and uh, I don't think anybody's immune at all. Um, but I don't want to get too far off track with that. Uh, but I, I wanted you to know that I did listen. You know, uh, <laughs> um, so I, <laughs> right on, man. I appreciate it. I, I'm, I'm a fan of this Chappelle show, this version of the Chappelle show. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it was <laughs> bro, it was terrifying. It was, this crazy. is technically the Chappelle show. It is, man. It is. And you know, it honestly, it was terrifying. And, uh, I've helped some other agents that were terrified, you know, but you can't, be there for them 24 seven. So those terrifying thoughts, those, those self doubting thoughts, those hurtful, hateful thoughts that we have, you know, that, that say we can't cut it. We can't make it. We'll never make it. Uh, you have to push past that. And I don't have the magic cure for that. Um, if, if there was a magic cure, um, and this is my own perspective only, it is in order to push through anything, uh, emotionally, physically, whatever, you have to find something greater than yourself to push for. For me, that's my family. That's the reason I quit drinking. That's the reason I say that. Say so that. Damn hard. Say that. Say that one more time. Say that one more time. So you have to find something greater than yourself in order to push and get to the heights that you want. I, I think that we become as people complacent, you know? So when I quit drinking, I had to, I had to have a reason. I had to have a reason to hustle too. And that greater purpose was my family. They deserve better. They deserve more. They deserve more from me. And even to this day, they deserve more from me, you know, and I'm still going to keep trying. Uh, like my wife, she deserves more from me. Um, but that's, that's not an easy thing. You know, I, I would say that I'm kind of stubborn sometimes, you know, uh, and, and, and if you will, if my wife was here stuck in my ways. <laughs> I think that might also be a Pisces trait as well. Uh, 
<laughs> I'm not speaking from personal experience or anything. Right, right. Um, no, that's a that's a perfect way. That's a perfect way to I think to end this segment. Um, you know, look for something that's bigger than you, right? Absolutely. To help you push through, um, to help you push through your fear. I think that was a powerful statement right there, because sometimes, um, not sometimes we we need that. Yeah. We need something that's bigger than, than ourselves, um, to push us through our fear when we're, um, when we're stuck in a situation. Well, you, you, you said one thing and, and I'm going to end it, um, with this, you said, you don't, you, you don't see what everybody's talking about. Right. And that's because it's not where your focus is right? and where your focus goes is where energy flows. Right. So if you're having, if you're noticing a lot of negativity, you're notice a noticing a lot of division, and you're noticing all this chaos, well, it's time to start focusing your attention elsewhere. And you might need to start internally. Yeah. You might need to start inside first. Okay. Yeah. But um, definitely, where your 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 for, your focus goes, energy flows. That's said by Tony Robbins. I can't take credit for that. Yeah. But I like I I love the saying, and um. And man, you are doing a, a freaking kick-ass job out there in Colorado. I appreciate um, it. Again, if you're in the Colorado Springs area and you need a realtor, holler at my boy, Larry Knopp. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I'm here. And my, my motto is, if I'm awake, I'm working. So never apologize for calling me if I answer. <laughs> <laughs> but also, that is the true out. life of a realtor. Absolutely. And, you know, if you're in the Tampa area, hit my boy Derek up. I mean, the guy is not only a great friend, uh, has been over the years. And even though sometimes we have gaps when it comes to talking to one another, you know, you know how you could tell a, a great friend where when you could pick up right where you left off, like like you never missed a beat, you know, and uh, no yeah, doubt, man, no doubt. I would love to see people all over the spectrum, no matter what your situation is, try to find a way to look for positivity. And I know that there's a lot of ugly in this world. I'm not, I'm not brushing that under the rug. Um, but we, we can all do better. We can all be better people. We can all take care of our neighbors. We can take care of our friends. If somebody's broke down on the side of the road, you can stop. You're not in that big of a hurry. You know, if we all just start making some of those little incremental changes, maybe the news will report about some good stuff. You know, um, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's part of the reason why I did this show is because I want to talk about some positive stuff. And I love you know, it. Uh, too much negative stuff out there. So I love it, man. Again, Larry. Larry Knopp, ladies and gentlemen, thanks again for being on the show, Larry. Um, this is Derek Chappelle. This is a, another episode of Raw Emotion, and uh, we'll see you next time. My brother Derek, thank you for having me.